Hello, and welcome to episode 311 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Drew Leonard, comics creator and writer of Grit Grimstone, Tales from the Far Out Future, coming soon to Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Drew, we're so excited to have you back on. You know, we've talked to you a number of times, but, uh, you know, we have to start this off as we normally do. We need to have a quick bio, and we're actually going to ask you for an elevator pitch for the, the new book. Sure. So thanks for having me on again. I guess this is like my fourth time, so maybe I'm breaking a record on your show. But um, uh, my name is Drew Lenhard. I'm the writer, creator, and publisher and owner of Snowy Works. Um, I've run Snowy Works now for about five years and primarily publish um, sci-fi stories and horror, uh, mostly comic books that I write um, occasionally publish others work as well. Um, uh, the new book, which is called Grit Grimstone, uh, Tales from a Far Out Future is a different take than what I would normally do for a sci-fi anthology. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, the character kind of recant some stories from his life as he's orbiting the earth, waiting to be introduced at his birthday party for his 104th birthday party that is so so it's kind of an interesting take it's kind of like a you know, tales from the crypt type setting where he'll introduce each story while talking to another character so that's, nice. awesome. that's a really awesome setup for sort of you have a, a set piece to like bring everything together um, was this something you thought about um, as a way to to tell an anthology story that sort of have like a main character that's going to an event and sort of reflecting back on things? Um, no, this was very, like, came to me at the last minute. I, I was kind of, I had actually had the book put together, um, you know, like a few months ago, and I was just trying to think of different ways to, like, bridge the gap between each story and to kind of make it flow a little bit better. And then it just kind of hit me and I said, hey, I could have this, these extra pages done with the character. Maybe he's old and he can just kind of tell the stories and, you know, tales from the crypt style or, you know, like that, you know, the grandfather on the princess bride as he's trying to tell a story type mm -hmm. situation, you know. Cool. Noah, do you have a, a question for Drew? Yeah, how did, uh, so when you're doing this as an anthology, did you, uh, what were the guidelines for each team as far as the stories that they could tell? Did you give them prompts or what, what, what was the guidance there? Um, well, this one's pretty easy because the stories are all written by me. Um, oh, perfect. Never and, mind. and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I brought in a couple of the uh, artists that I've worked in the past really well with. So it was, it was, this was a pretty easy setup. So I, I think I was thinking of future sci-fi tales and how you run that and i was like oh this will be interesting but yeah uh, this this yeah this one's a bit different just to, i just wanted a, a a little book to you know just showcase my stories that's awesome and so uh is is this going to be like an issue one of so many so how how many stories you know like you you have other stories you want to tell with with this character 
Yeah, I would like to see how well this one does. I do have other like shorter tales for this character. I don't know if I envision seeing him in like an ongoing series. I kind of like how he's just siloed in in these specific situations and how he gets out of them. So I, I kind of like the idea of keeping his adventures short. So I maybe would probably bleed this into a second issue or book. Okay. And so do you have those stories? Like, so I guess, how do you decide which stories go in this issue or go into the second issue? Um, this one. So, so this, this book has, you know, there's, there's two stories in it, which actually feature this character. And there's a couple other stories in there that kind of reference the character. Mm -hmm. um, one of the stories is, is a reprint, but it was, kind of intended for this book but i ended up printing that story in one of the books that you guys had a story in earlier this year in future sci-fi tales so it was kind of nice to bring it in so that i could actually tie this in with the character the way that i really wanted to um as, as far as fu uh, future tales for this character i don't really quite have it quite mapped out yet but hope to get there soon that's really cool yeah that's awesome was there any anything that was like a an influence for it? Because I'm when you when you talk about it, um, and I'm drawing a blank on the title, but there's a Rick Remender um, book about a like uh, astronaut that's sort of reflecting on on different stories, and it goes through sort of a timeline. Um, but besides that, was there any influences you had um, to put these stories together? Um, not really. Um, I, I kind of have another similar character as an ongoing series called Caspian Porter. And mm -hmm. these are two characters that I kind of was tossing around a few years ago. And I just, I kind of wanted to come back to this character and kind of actually see where I could take it. Um, that, that's kind of like where this really kind of started from. Cool. Um, so you have been both in the world of anthologies and single issues. Is there one that you prefer um, over the other, or maybe it's like 50-50 for you? Yeah, I, I would say it's kind of 50-50. I mean, to me, and I, I enjoy putting together anthologies and working with other creators. Um, um, as, as far as, you know, working on like my ongoing series, I, I think that's, that's fun too, but it's kind of nice to like break up, you know, the different styles to me and sometimes working on the shorter form stories is, is just as fun as writing a, you know, a full, a full issue. So one of the things I read recently from you is um, Monster Cleanup Guys, is that the, the title? Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, what were some of the, uh, the uh, maybe the influences here? You know, obviously, you know, people might lean to a sort of damage control from, from Marvel, the people who have to show up and, you know, after a superhero battle. But what did you think about um, your, you know, idea for Monster Cleanup Guys? I actually that is pretty much where that that, okay. that idea came from. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it'd be an interesting take. Um, but I also wanted to add, 
there, there's a big twist in it too. And mm-hmm. um, the, the character kind of has a split personality and I kind of wanted to include, include that into the storyline as well. But yeah, I mean, you kind of nailed it right on there with the, the Marvel side of things. Cool. Um, Noah, uh, you got a question? Yeah, I'm wondering uh, with Monster Cleanup Crew, Caspian Porter, and now like an anthology series, how do you juggle working with all the artists? Have you just sort of gotten a good rapport with all of them? Or is it, man, is it a struggle trying to communicate with different people and how they work differently? Um, not really. I mean, a lot of these artists I've been working with for a few years. So I, we've kind of just you know, kind of got into a groove of, you know, working with each other. Um, I mean, I, I'm the kind of guy that I, I wake up early in the morning and I work on comics for a few hours before I go to work. And, you know, that's kind of how I, I get my time in. And um, I manage to get my, you know, my, my things done when I want to get it done. And I don't usually have too, too much of an issue. That's so impressive. How do you, how are you not drained constantly? <laughs> so you have like a full-time <laughs> job and you, and you write all these comics. I, I'll be honest. It, it's been going on like four, four years of doing this straight, you know, like, and you know, I'm not up every single day doing this. Uh, Good. It, it, it is a drain and, and I've been like slowing my output lately, but yeah, I'm, I'm still keeping up with it though. That's amazing, Drew. That's such an inspiration. I, yeah. And then on top of that, you're curating the next future sci-fi tales and, you know, making sure everybody stays on track there. Uh, what do you mind me asking? What is your day job? You don't have to tell me, but I'm very curious. Oh, that's okay. I'm a software engineer. Okay. Yeah. And is that like, do you have to work with people there too? Like, are you sort of a team guy there? Yeah, I work on a, a, a development team. Um, yeah, we're mostly kind of siloed on our team, but, you know, we do have to deal with, you know, the business users and, and stuff like that every every now and then. But, yeah. That's more, even more impressive that you deal with artists in the morning and then deal with other people in the day. <laughs> and now you're on a podcast with us. So thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. no problem. Do you find that it's uh, like two sides of your of your brain that's sort of the creative comic side early in the morning, and then maybe when you go to the day job, it's more of like, all right, I got to turn on the the analytical side, and I have to be uh, you know business oriented. I have to like make sure these things are being met and stuff like that. Do you ever have to like sort of mentally have to do a shift in your in your in your mind? Uh, I'm quite honestly never really thought about it. I mean, I, I mean, one of the reasons that I, you know, I get up early in the morning and I get my, my comic book time in is because, you know, that's when I'm most creative, you know, for writing or, you know, lettering or doing whatnot. But yeah, you're right. You know, then I got to leave and go to work and then I got to go write code all day. And <laughs> so I'm writing either words or I'm writing code. It's, it's one of the two. So you've sort of set up a work routine for you to to get that work done early. Is there a, like a goal that you set for yourself? And, you know, we all sort of as creatives, like, hey, I want to accomplish this like each day. And we try to hold ourselves accountable to it. But if we don't exactly hit it, we're like, hey, you know, that was sort of a personal goal. Do you sort of have 
like this is what I want to do before I have to, you know, punch in and do the the coding job. Yeah, I, I try to try to do things on a weekly basis because you know mostly you know with if I'm dealing with artists or something like that, you know, it's everybody has their full time job and I have to wait a little bit longer for artwork. So I mean, I'm I'm trying to get my things done during the week, whether it's writing you know, or laying out pages or communicating. But yeah, I, I think it's more of a weekly thing, a, a weekly goal on my, my end here. Awesome. And do you beat yourself up if you don't meet them? Or do you say, hey, you know what, I, I gave my best shot and I was close. Uh, how, do you, how do you handle those sort of personal goals? Uh, no, I just I just roll it over to the next week and just and just keep going. I, I don't really try to chew on it too much. I just kind of go with the flow. Um, I'm just I'm really just trying to have fun making comics. I don't want to get myself stressed out and then not want to work on this anymore. You know. So no, what we're finding out is that um, we get stressed out. We beat our we we beat ourselves up, and everybody yeah. else is like chilling mellow the whole time, right? <laughs> Well, I was gonna say Drew's some kind of Zen Svengali, comic Svengali, or something like that that we just need to hang out with more. Looking yeah. forward to meeting you at Baltimore, so then I can just capture some of those positive vibes off of you, man, and yeah. maybe siphon them off in an energy vampire kind of way. Yeah, uh, I I dig it, man, and I really like it's it's cool to hear that. Um, what I was going to ask, uh, sorry not to change gears too much, but you're also doing some publisher work too, right? Like you're working with the publisher now a little bit? Um, no, I'm in a group called Savage Sandboxes. That yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, a, yeah. yeah, we kind of have a group with other like-minded um, uh, indie creators and um, Savage Sandbox is kind of the distribution arm of things where we'll try and uh, work on getting into comic shops and all that other kind of stuff so like right now we had a few I know the group has some books going through like golden distribution which is a smaller distribution uh, I think it's like a game distributor or something like that mm -hmm. and we have a few books in through comics mainstream but uh, trying to get go you know, get into different markets and going a little bigger there That's great. Does that, uh, does that make things easier with like, you know, since you've been someone who's handled everything in the past, does it sort of help lighten the load a bit? Um, I, I think not from that part. I think from, you know, being in that group and with all those guys, it's been great to like have a lot of support and help along the way, especially with, you know, getting the word out on our comics and things like that. I think the group's been pretty awesome with, just at a support level. That's great. So uh, I'm really interested about this this new book. Um, I, I love the idea of somebody sort of getting ready for this big event and sort of reflecting and telling different stories. Um, so I know that you're working with a lot of artists that you've worked with in the past. What, how's, how's the book break down? Um, how many artists are you working with in, in this book that's coming to Kickstarter? Sure. Um, I got two artists. The, the first one's named Hernan Molina. Um, we've worked, to, worked together a few years on a couple different short stories. And the second artist is Raul Roque. Um, he actually 
did the artwork for the monsters cleanup guy for Very me cool. uh, earlier this year. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So and, uh, no, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. sorry. No, no, please. No, go ahead. Um, so with the Kickstarter, are you doing, uh, are you doing awards, rewards with like each artist or anything like that? Like what's, uh, what, what's this Kickstarter looking like? Uh, this one's just going to be super small. This is just going to be a, a small 12 day campaign. Um, I'm, I'm just going to do like three or four different tiers, you know, your typical digital. And then I'm going to have a regular soft cover copy. And I think I'm going to also offer a hollow holographic cover option. I'm, I'm just trying to keep cool. this one small. So I'm testing, testing the waters on these shorter campaigns. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So are you, um, yeah, like, cause uh, I think, I, I think I saw Caspian Porter three. That was a pretty short campaign too, right? Uh, no, that one was a 30 day. Yeah. That one's a 30 day. Okay. I guess I'm just sort of like blown away. Cause I got the books. Yes. I haven't, I haven't gotten the chance to read them yet, but I got the books like mm -hmm. a, I think last week or so when I was out of town mm. and uh, I was like, I was like, man, I forgot that he did two books and it's like, it's like, it's just, <laughs> a, and uh, so it, maybe it's just cause I'm involved in a lot of Kickstarters. I'm just like, goes by super fast, but yeah. yeah do, you well, like, I did, do you like I, the shorter days? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I haven't, tried it yet so this is kind of like just me trying to test it out and see how it does i i think matt and i were talking about this you know a little bit ago about you know there's that dead zone in between you know when you start a campaign till the end that middle two weeks is just you know like the the worst part of any kind of campaign so i i'm kind of thinking i'm hoping that maybe this would be a nice way to cut that out and you know still you know gain those backers yeah i bet so do you do you have a plan um i know you have like a mailing list and you have a number of people who have backed um kickstarters in the past so is the plan to sort of hit up mailing list uh previous backers um pretty soon to let them know that this book is uh coming out yep uh, i just started mailing out on my previous campaigns which is my usual go-to um i'll then usually hit up my newsletter and then social media mm -hmm. um, i've also lately been doing facebook ads which have been somewhat of a decent success lately but yeah i think you were the one who turned us on to the idea of facebook ads when you were last on the podcast you've been sort of championing them for a bit right I think, yeah, I think it's pretty decent. I mean, it's it's hard to tell if you're really getting any actual backers, but you can kind of like, you know, that uh, reference tag that you can tack onto your Kickstarter campaign so that you can track the traffic. So if you set it up with that, then you can kind of, you know, get those referral tags set up. But I, I kind of like it because they're, they're pretty, they're relatively cheap in some sense and mm -hmm. you know 10 bucks kind of goes a long way and you can spend as much as you want to spend yeah and then do you feel like because i was trying to tell someone about it a while ago and they said that they were worried about it because it you sort of become dependent on it after a while do you feel that way no not necessarily i 
No, I don't, I don't really feel that way. I, I think it's a good supplement to have. I, I think, I really think, you know, my newsletter and being able to communicate with past backers is the more powerful tool in my mind. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, just because of, well, I get, I'm on those emails and everything. So it's great to have that, that reminder that you have a new project up and going. Yeah. 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 So do you think that it's an advantage to sort of have this sort of sci fi horror? Um, like line going on so if you go to somebody that's a Caspian Porter or a future sci-fi um, fan you know that they're, they're going to be like oh you know what I already know like and trust this guy um, there's a new series coming out as opposed to you being like hey here's my young romance uh, novel that uh, is aimed at uh, you know teenage girls do you, do you think that's a, an advantage to you? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I also kind of do things in those two genres because that's, you know, that's where my interest is too. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a reflection on me. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, a, I think it's a safe spot to be, to, to have a, for a publishing company. Yeah. So, so now's the point where you announce your, young romance um book for teenage <laughs> girls <laughs> if you did i would read it <laughs> no sorry it's not coming okay there, i'm done not a fan here, anymore. Here, here's the twist they're all in outer space okay well no <laughs> we got it right back in there <laughs> that's really great so You've been doing this now, you said, for four years, and um, it's good to check in with you every once in a while to just see where, where you're at, what you're working on, and everything like that. What do you feel like is the thing that you've gained the most from working with the artists, doing Kickstarters? You know, what, what do you feel like you've learned in that time? Um, I, I, I've always felt that I can work with artists and all and all that kind of stuff pretty well making to me making the books is pretty easy writing mm -hmm. is is pretty easy you know now I'm in my own groove and know how to how my brain works and how I can work well at it but I I think for me is like you know like the marketing side and like getting myself out there I I think for me like in the past year I've kind of started to get a little bit better at that and still got a long way to go, but I think that's probably been the more powerful thing lately. That's good. Yeah. And what, what, uh, what do you feel like, I mean, is it just being consistent? Do you feel as though, like we just got done talking about the marketing side of things, but you feel like being consistent is the big thing? Oh yeah, definitely. I think, you know, keeping, you know, like in terms of like a newsletter, you know, you want to just, shoot off an, a new update every so often so that you can keep, you know, your work in the, in the back of people's minds. Um, you know, that's not something that I was doing four years ago. You know, four years ago, I was just getting my book done and putting it on Comixology, and that's all I was doing and wondering why I wasn't getting any downloads. So, you know, it, it's, it's come a long way, and it's a big learning process. Holy crap. I'm actually glad you brought up comiXology because since the time we've talked last 
dude, you're what's the state of your stuff on Comixology? Because everything's changed now for the worst. Um, well, here's the status of my Comixology stuff is I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Elaborate, um, I, please. Because someone, I, yeah, someone has done it. Yeah. I was I was fine with their platform in their shenanigans to get posted on Comixology. I was fine with that a few years ago. They they literally had the worst process under their Comixology submit program. I I thought it was horrible, but it was mm-hmm. a good platform to get on, and it kind of felt you know that you were you know in a good spot if you had your book on Comixology. Fine, but then they changed their platform to merge in with Kindle and everybody that was on that comiXology submit had to re upload all of their books. And I, I refused to do that. So I decided to not go back to comiXology <laughs> and yeah. I heard their platform is not very good. I haven't really tried it and I don't think I will. <laughs> it's a step down for sure. It's not nearly as good as it once was, especially with, but also it's like they, I don't know. My comicsology is a mess. It doesn't really, it doesn't seem to be catered towards comic readers anymore. Like you said, that it's merged with Kindle and that that wrecked it. Yeah, um, I mean, but I mean, I, yeah, you, I'm very, yeah, I was very curious. Yeah, I mean, you could put like your books on um, Amazon KDP. It's a Kindle Direct or something like that. And I've mm-hmm. had books on there prior, and it's it's kind of a pain in the butt to do. And I think that's how you submit to Comixology now. I haven't really tried messing around with it. I don't even really post on Amazon anymore, but it's not a very enticing platform to be on, in my opinion. Is there an alternative? It also that sucks you, for people uh, like me who, yeah, I was gonna ask about that, yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say it sucks for me because like I'm looking at my library right now in Comixology and all of all of my future sci-fi. Oh no, I guess it's still there. Like I still have wall breakers and I still have. Uh, oh, so it kept, it kept your, Oh, it kept your, your library intact. Your it did keep purchases. my library intact. Yeah, it did. Oh, cool. So cool. There is, there is a, there's some remnants of your work in my library. Ooh, um, all right. Hopefully, and everybody else's too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what? But I'm curious, Matt. Matt's question. Yeah, what, what's the what's the best alternative for you right now for digital comics? Um, there's a couple that I like. I think um, there's one called Global Comics, mm-hmm. and they're kind of big and up and coming for indie. I really like their platform. I think it's an easy read. Um, if you're like trying to make money on, on global comics, it's a bit of a different payout. I think they go by because they're a subscription service. So it kind of goes by page reads and that's kind of how you get your revenue on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little different on that. I think they just offered PDF downloads, but I think they're still growing. And then I, I wish they would have a mobile app and I think that really set them apart. But other than that, I think they really have a good platform. Um, there's, there's a couple others. I, I still post on, uh, drive-through comics. It's okay. like a really, really old, it's like one of the first, um, digital comics download shops online. Um, it kind of looks like if you go there, it kind of looks like you're stepping into 1999, but like, it's still very active and there's, you know, there's new stuff on there every day. Um, I, I see 
quite a bit of downloads from this site. And um, let's there's there's a couple others. Um, there's SpinWiz, which is pretty decent, and actually Google Play um, is actually pretty decent in my mind. Um, I see quite a bit of downloads there, and easy to put. All the, all those sites are really easy to get your book onto. Is just upload and and go. So. That's nice. Okay, that's and uh, I mean, for just to have it there in case people are looking for your back catalog, I'm sure. And I'm sure you're doing digital rewards with the Kickstarter and everything where you just mail out the PDF, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. So, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. I just, I just had a, a sort of a general question about, um, global comics because no and I have put one book up there and you know we haven't seen a lot um so can you describe a little bit about like how that whole that whole thing works you said it's a subscription-based sort of product yeah I think I think if you're you're a reader um you can subscribe for like a monthly it's either monthly or you can pay yearly or something like that. And once you're kind of in that, that tier of, of a subscription, you can read, you know, whatever book or comic book that you would like to, to read on the site. Um, if you're just browsing to just, you know, read whatever, I think there, there's tons of free books on there and mm -hmm. you could read those. And I think, you know, as a, as a creator, you can, if you, if you put your book, if you put one of your books up on there, you can set the number of pages you want to be free. And then that person would have to either subscribe or, or, or get their monthly subscription to, to finish the book. Awesome. So maybe also one of the things is like, if you had like a, a huge catalog, you could make like issue one free to sort of mm -hmm. hook them in to, to go for more. Is that one of the thoughts there? Yeah, yeah, I I have done that up for a few books. Um, I don't know. I just I just find it hard to sell digitally, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. So, you know, some of my older books I'll just go and make free, and then you know charge you know like money for my newer stuff that comes out. But yeah, I I've always kind of struggled on the digital front, but. Yeah, I just yeah. wonder how much there is of a divide of of people, because as somebody who reads a lot of comics, I just can't get into um, reading digitally. There's just something about holding, um, you know, a paper product in my on my hand. I know that Noah's like, oh, look at me, I'm a millennial. I I, I can read these <laughs> on my tablets all day, but like, there's just something about like physically holding it and, and turning the pages is, that just um, still entices me um, when if I have an option of a digital or a physical comic so yeah I think I'm right there with you I'd, I'd rather like own it to you know like I, I like to have a book that you know may have some value in 30 years and I'd like to to have that for a long time I, I don't see that with digital um I don't know too many people that actually prefer digital, to be honest with you. Um, I would like to get a take on that, but I, I just don't know anybody that reads only digital comics. 
I know for some people it's usually just a space thing. Mm, you know, yeah. they don't have enough space. They like to read a lot of comics, but they don't have enough space to keep them anywhere. Oh, That's usually yeah. the people who prefer digital. And then also the people who maybe are in Kickstarters for sure, who want to back a lot of Kickstarters, but again, don't have space, don't have money prefer or, digital that way yeah or they're yeah. international i think that's what i or they're international yeah. exactly yeah. yeah but this is actually something because you touched on it earlier you're making hollows now want to talk more about yeah like your your experiments now you're you're diversifying your print uh your your, your printing uh, uh media what's uh what's that been like and where does that passion for different types of printing go um come from um, I think it's just, I, you know, I enjoy sitting down and reading a book. So I think that's, you know, my drive to make and publish my own stuff. Um, um, yeah, gosh, I just kind of forgot what you said. Can you repeat the I'm question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I asked, I asked two questions at once. Oh, okay. What, what was the drive to try and do different things with the printing like creating hollows and um uh, foil covers those things and then i asked sort of where what what where does your passion for different types of printing formats come from um, oh you're talking like like variant covers and special yeah. editions and things like that okay yeah um i i just i think it's more of an interest in making something a little more limited um, mm -hmm. I think that's why I like doing the hollow foil just because it's unique and, you know, I'm not going to print, you know, a thousand hollow foil. I'm only going to print, you know, maybe 50 just to, you know, kind of have something super limited that, you know, I'll only ever do once. I think that's kind of, you know, where that comes for me. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I like, you know, I like doing the variant covers as well. You know, it's another limited factor. I think it kind of excites me that, you know, hey, I've got a book here. I only ever printed 50 of it. I mean, they're super limited. That's kind of pretty interesting to me. Yeah, exactly. And then you're, you have, uh, you have books in stores near you too, right? Do the, do the comic shops like to get those? Um, I go to my comic shops every once in a while. I haven't taken them um, the uh, any of the variants. Um, comic, going to comic shops is always kind of like iffy with um, how much money they want it on off the cover price. So I, I don't, yeah, you know, the whole because you know I understand they have to make money too, but you know it it kind of hurts us creators with how much they want off the cover price. Mm -hmm. Yeah just part of distribution i guess yeah exactly so let's um let's talk a little bit more again about this this new book that's that's coming to kickstarter i'm really intrigued by the the premise of um somebody um in space sort of orbiting and uh you know reminiscing about all of these stories um do you want to just Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, so, so the setup to the story is, um, I'll just repeat it again. Um, the the main character, he's he's on a space station. He's waiting to get announced at his hundred and fourth birthday party, and he's sitting next to some kid 
and uh, the kid's tablet, his uh, his tablet breaks, and he asks, you know, Grit, the main character, if he has a story to tell. So it, that kind of leads right into the first the first story, and it that story kind of gets cut short, and we go back to you know Grit and the boy, and it's kind of cycles in between them, and then leading into each story so there's there's four different stories in the book and then it kind of ends with a little bit of a twist at the end that's really cool um so what day does that uh what day does that book launch we're recording in late october right now um i'm gonna launch at 7 p.m on november 4th i think that's like a wednesday i want to say and if people come by your booth that Sorry, if people come by your booth at uh, Baltimore, are you going to have anything there for the book? Do you have any like art to preview or anything like uh, that? Um, I wish I was, but I had to back out of Baltimore a few weeks oh! ago. So yeah, I know I, I won't be able to meet I you guys. Oh <laughs> crap! Yeah, but, something happened, so I had I had to back out. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. That's oh. disappointing. Yeah, but at the is. same time, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's too bad. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that you won't be there, but uh, hopefully someday soon we'll all run into each other at a convention. Yeah, I think yeah, there's tons of conventions out there on the east east coast. Uh, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll I'll make my way over there. Yeah. Well, or so we should we- just come over there too. We're kind of lazy. I don't feel like a very good friend without saying that. <laughs> that's that's very true. We we need to do a we need to do a, are you considered Midwest? Yep, yep. I'm in Indiana. There's um there's a couple out here. I know Ohio's got quite a few. Um Indianapolis has a pretty big one uh, going on in June, I think it is. And um um yeah, they're just they're sprinkled all over around here. Yeah, Noah, Noah and I need to uh, expand the empire and maybe move a little bit off the off the East Coast. So maybe maybe that will work yeah. out. Yeah, we'll get to Indiana. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it'd be kind of cool to kind of go on a road trip with like a big box of your own books and just hit up comic shops across the country and try and sell your books, cold call, you know, do that kind of stuff. Hit yeah. up conventions along the way. Get a tour bus. We can get the Constructing Comics tour bus. Yeah, there we go. Show yeah. up, show sell up every books week. and do podcasts across the country. We could show up every like uh, Tuesday night where they uh, they have to put out the the new books. Like, hey, why are you putting out these uh, Marvel and DC books? You want to take a look at this? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So Drew, where are the uh, the best places to stay up to date with uh, everything you're doing online? Um, I am the most active on Instagram, which is just at SnowyWorks. Um, my website has a sign up for my newsletter. That's probably the next best place um, to. That's I try to post once or twice a month about things going on, mm-hmm. um, and I think. Twitter would probably be a distant third. Um, it's just at Snowy Works as well. Um, and the the website allows people to to buy um, previous books, right? 
Yeah, there should there should be a link. To, there's there's a couple things there. There's links to to get the digital copies if people want those, and there's also a link to my big cartel site where mm -hmm. I do have um, physical copies that can be purchased. Yeah, I would encourage everybody to check that out. Um, you know, there's a there's a number of awesome books there. Um, I'm just going to say that I really love Monster Cleanup Guys. Uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was you. You, you did a in, the, in that first issue. You did enough to, um, you know, there's always a balancing act as a as a writer where you have to have the cool concept but you have to make me care about the characters and you, 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 you nailed that there with that, that first issue. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. That awesome. was a, uh, that was a lot fun to write. I think it actually came to be in like, it was actually the first 11 pages of the original part. And then I added on to it. Um, it was kind of a, I needed 11 pages to, to submit to another publisher. And then I was able to finish the rest of it. So, very cool so what we're going to do is we're going to put a link to your website and your social media as well as the uh the pre-launch page for for the new kickstarter um in oh. the show notes but um you know oh. it's awesome to catch up with you no yeah. do you have any last thoughts or uh final questions for drew no just thanks again for coming on and for always being open to come on and talk about what's going on with you and everything in your comics career. It was cool to discuss uh, the balance of work and other work tonight. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, you're an inspiration, Drew. That was a good curveball question. You almost got me on that one. Oh, that's what I do. I'm gotcha journalism here. I'm constructing <laughs> comics. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I really enjoyed the show. So very cool. So um, there is going to be a second Kickstarter um, link in the show notes, and that's going to be for the Car Concrete Arcanum Anthology, which I have a story in. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, we are on social media, and that is um, Twitter is at Construct Compod, Instagram is Constructed Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructed Comics. But once again, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be nice to each other, be safe, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.